Well, Happy New Year, church. <laughs> you, you can just say Happy New Year. That works. Happy New Year. Yes, that's great. Um, if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you, my name's Eddie Hoagland. I serve as one of the pastors here. I oversee our young adults ministry as well as our worship department. And speaking of worship, I wanted to let you know that we are going to have first Wednesday this month, but it's actually going to be on January 11th, which is technically second Wednesday. So just forgive a little bit of false advertising. We're still going to call it first Wednesday. Um, but on January 11th, we'd wanna, we want to invite you to come back here and do exactly what we just did. Um, see how it just aligns so many things. When we worship Jesus for who he is, so many other things, like Terrell said, it, they, they fall into place. And um, this, is, this is the invitation of First Wednesday. Hope to see you back here on January 11th. Now, full disclosure, I, um, I did not stay up till midnight last night. Um, I, I got to 10 o'clock at night and I was like, yeah, that, that feels about right. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to say Happy New Year now. And uh, if it's good enough for the East Coast, it's good enough for me. That's how I felt about it. So, so I kissed my wife, and I was out by 1030 probably. So um, that, that was more my style. But congratulations, we made it. We made it to 2023. Here we are. It's so amazing. And, uh, you know, every time we come to New Year, uh, for some of us, it's exciting, right? It's like, man, there's so much so much possibility is in the air, and, and uh, maybe you have some plan, things planned for the year, Lord willing, that you're just like, man, I could see this happen, I could see that happen. But for others of us, uh, the new year doesn't quite feel as exciting. It might feel a bit more daunting, right? It's like, here we go, turning into a new chapter, and I don't know what's ahead. And uh, man, I, I specifically remember where I was in January of 2020, and all the excitement that was inside of me then. And I was like, man, this is going to happen. Maybe this will happen. This is going to be a monumental year for me and for my family. I had all these thoughts. And then 2020 did not turn out at all the way I was expecting it to go. And yes, obviously COVID had a big part of that. But there were a bunch of other things that did not go the way I expected. And you know what happened to me is I, I found myself in January of 2021 not really believing for much anymore. Because I... I Going through that disappointment, I was like, I don't, I don't think I can do that again. So maybe I'll just have very low expectations. And I was like, 2021, all I need from you is just don't be 2020. Like, let's just, <laughs> let's just set the bar real low for you this year. Um, and, and, you know, living through that year, I think what I experienced is I felt the Lord saying, but I want you to believe for more. I don't just want you to settle. And so here we are again at the beginning of the year, and I don't want us to just be like, well, Whatever comes, comes. Like, we're just, we're not going to expect much from God. We're not really going to lean into it. And, and as soon as I was asked to, to preach on January 1st, I started praying right away. Because I was like, what, God, what do you want said on the first day of a new year? And the, the realist inside of me wanted to kind of write a sermon that prepared us for the hard things that may come. And how do you honor God in the valley? I had that idea. And then the optimist inside of me was the opposite side. It was like, no, let's, let's, like, let's call heaven down to earth. Like, let's believe for great things. And, uh, and, and I want to do both those things in some ways here today. But here's the language I believe um, the scriptures give us. When we start entering into a new chapter, we need to believe this. And that is that God is doing something new. God is doing something new right now. This is happening. He's doing something new. But what we're getting at here today is, I believe this, God wants to do something new in you. 
He wants something new to happen in your life that didn't happen last year, but can happen this year. He is doing something new all the time. And the, the point of today is that we would enter into the new thing that God is doing. So let me just pray to that end and then we'll dive in. Father, thank you that you are Emmanuel. You're God with us and you're still with us today. And we'll, whatever days we have ahead of us, we'll get to the end of those days and say, God was with us still. And so we thank you that your presence is going before us. And we ask today that you would use your word to speak to us. And God, we want to be a part of the new thing that you're doing. And uh, we welcome it. We come to you with open hearts and open hands and say, God, do the new thing in me. Do it right here in our hearts today, Lord. And we'll give you praise for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. And all God's people said, amen. 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 All right, here we go. Isaiah chapter 43 is where we're headed today. We're going to see a conversation between God and the people of Israel. And you might say, hey, that's, that's a bit odd. Why are we going into the Old Testament for this message? But this is why uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 is such an important verse. Uh, here's what Paul says. He's talking about what happened to the nation of Israel. Then he says this. He says, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us, okay? For the church of Jesus Christ, they're written down for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. That's the way of saying on whom will be there towards the end of the ages. That's us. We're, we're getting closer and closer to the end, maybe today. Maybe Jesus will come back today. We're getting close to the end and to us who live in those times, Paul says, look at the things that were written. They were written as an example for you and me and also as a warning. There are some things that Israel did that we should, we should say our warning is don't do that. And you're going to find both those things here inside of Isaiah chapter 43 when the word of the Lord says this, starting in verse 14. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. This is what the Lord says, who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is the word of the Lord for us today. And it's an example. And, and there's warnings here. This is what God is saying to us here because you know, the nation of Israel, they had already been through their tough times. This is after they had been enslaved by the nation of Egypt, and they're under the oppression of Pharaoh. You remember the story, right? The 10 plagues, and Pharaoh gives in. He releases the nation of Israel. They get to the Red Sea, and they're like, we're doomed again. And then God splits the sea. They walk through on dry land. That's, where, that's what he's referencing right here in Isaiah 43. He's saying he draws out the chariots and the armies and the reinforcements. That's Pharaoh. And they go into that land, and then the waters come crashing down on them. And they, will not, they did not rise up again after that. They were, they were extinguished through uh, God's deliverance in that way. And so the people of Israel have already lived that. And yet here they are again at this time under the Babylonian captivity. 
So things still aren't great for them, okay? They're not having a great time. They are in a moment of desperate need. They're in a moment looking forward and they're saying, God, God, we need you. We cannot move forward unless you come and save us, unless you come and change things, unless you come and do something new. And here we are today on the first day of the year, and we're in that exact same seat. I don't want to go into this year if God's not with us. I only want to be a part of the things that God wants me to be a part of. I don't want to get distracted by my own agenda. I want to lay all that aside and say, today, here's what we're here for. God, what are you doing? What is the new thing that you want to do in me? So what you're going to find here in this passage, there's three truths straight out of the scripture that teach us how to exactly come into the new thing that God is doing. Okay, so here here are the three truths. First thing we see in the passage is that we need to acknowledge and release the past. It starts here. You have to acknowledge and you have to release the past. If, If you look at the verses I just read, verse 18 stands out, right? It's where God says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. That's verse 18. But then right before that, we have the verses where Isaiah tells us who's talking and and what does he do? He tells us about the things of the past. He says the things that happened in the land of Egypt to the people of Israel. And so verse 18, at first glance, you might think, well, God is telling me I just need to erase the past from my memory. But that's not what he's getting at. Well, the reason I know that is because that's impossible. Just in case you didn't know that, I know that because let's say we were there Let's say we cross the Red Sea on dry land, and then we get to look at Pharaoh and his armies come into the Red Sea. Then they all die. You want to tell me, like, there's ever a day I'll forget that day? No, that, that is impossible to forget. That's so significant. We're like, well, I'm not going to erase it from my memory. So that's, that's not what God's getting at. But, and we'll get to exactly what the word forget is calling us to here in a second. But first, I want you to see what Isaiah did right before. When he brought our attention to the things that God had done in the past. There's an acknowledgement of the past. It's not, oh no, I'll just ignore it. I'll just pretend it never happened. No, that's not what the scripture is calling us to. But it is calling us to acknowledge it in such a way that we're focused on, not every little detail of it, but rather focused on the faithfulness of God through it. It's the Lord your God who brought you through this. And he's the one who brought you through 2022. God's the one who did that. And so let's just for a second, Let's all kind of go back there in our minds. Let's say 2022, okay, January. You remember what was going on? January, February, March, something in the spring. Everybody just kind of go back to that space. And then were there any significant events that happened in your life then? And then you went into the summer. Was it a a restful summer? Was it a chaotic summer? What were the things going on in your family, with your friends, get to the fall, and just kind of replay the year like that, okay? Now, as you look at the whole year, If we want to acknowledge God's faithfulness in it, we have to choose to do that. Because if you don't choose that, it'll just get swallowed up by all the other details of things that happen. And so here's my encouragement for you as we start and and enter into the truths of Scripture of how to become and enter into the new thing that God's doing. It starts by acknowledging God's faithfulness in it all. So maybe today after church, you could head home and if you have a few moments of quiet, you don't just remember the things, but maybe you write some things down. And let that be your discipline and say, I will not start a new year until I acknowledge the faithfulness of God in 2022. I want to see it. I want to to have it in the forefront 
So you have to acknowledge it, but then you got to move, in, move into the next step, which is to release it. You have to release it. That's the word that I think best describes what's, get, what's being brought to our attention here in verse 18. We're supposed to forget the former things. And the word forget means don't let it weigh you down. That's what it means. Forget in the sense that you're not going to let it weigh you down any more. We know that it means that because of the second phrase that God uses when he says, and don't dwell in the past. Meaning, don't dwell, that's the word for a house. It's don't make your house, don't build your home in the past. Don't spend all your time there. It's not that it doesn't exist, but rather you're not going to give it more time than it should have. And that is, that's the call of scripture. We have to somehow release it. Now, hear me. (laughs) As soon as you start talking about the past and releasing it, that's a weighty topic. And I get that. I've been there many times. I'm sure I'll be there again, where I look at the past year and I'm like, yeah, I I don't know how to release that. I don't don't have any clue how I'm ever going to get to the point where the things that have happened this year can start weighing less and less. So just as as your pastor, as your friend, can I share with you two questions that have helped me let the past weigh less and less over time. And I've asked that the Lord to just use this and, and lead you if there's any action you could take so that you can be a part of the new thing that God's doing. Here are the two questions I ask myself. Um, one is, was there something left unsaid? Is there something in 2022 that happened and there was something that should have been said, but it just wasn't allowed to be said? And maybe it needs to be said. If you want the past away on you less and less, this might be the thing that you need to do in order to step into all that God has for you, is you, you need to say something that, you, that was left unsaid. You know, not too long ago, Christina and I, we had had a conflict with a group of people, and they were Christians. And uh, this happens in the church, right? We're all a work in progress, so there's gonna be conflict sometimes. And we had had conflict, and through that conflict, uh, both Christina and I, um, we're wounded by that process. And so we start inviting close friends into the story and saying, here's what's going on. And, and they're helping speak into it. We also sought counsel about the topic. I mean, we did a ton of work on this situation, on this topic. And even with all the work that we had done, we still found ourselves months and months and months later still being weighed down by the same topic. It's like, why does this keep coming up over and over again at the dinner table? It's like, I, I don't really want to be talking about this, but somehow we always found ourselves in that conversation again and again. And so much so that at the turn from 2021 to 2022, that's when we felt like we got to do something. This isn't, we, we need something to change because it's been, it, there's already been plenty of time from when this event happened and yet we're still carrying it, and we need to find a way for this to just not weigh us down anymore. And that's when we realized that I had confronted the situation, and I had spoken some things that needed to be said, um, and hopefully I did it graciously and lovingly, but what we realized is that Christina, my wife, she, she had not had that opportunity. And so there were some things that needed to be said by her that were left unsaid. And so in January of 2022, we felt led by the Lord to enter into a process and saying, some things need to be said. And so here's what happened. We start, again, seeking counsel. This is something that wisdom has to lead the way in these situations, okay? This is not your pastor saying, um, can I just 
air all my grievances today. Like that's, that's not what I'm encouraging you to do. I'm encouraging you to prayerfully enter into the question was something left unsaid. And when you let wisdom lead the way, here's what happened. Uh, we, we decided the most appropriate way to communicate this was for Christina to write a letter to these people. And the purpose was twofold. She, she needed to identify lovingly, but she needed to identify some things, some blind spots about what had happened that no one was ad- identifying. So she did that graciously. But here's what happened. As she did that, inside the letter, it also led to her expressing forgiveness, even though forgiveness had not been requested. This is where it always goes. And honestly, why maybe many times we don't even want to go down this process because we know at the end of the road, what God's going to call us to do is to forgive. And it's hard to forgive, but we've been forgiven for so much by God. How could we not forgive others? God God calls us to this. We are supposed to forgive one another. And, And as hard as that is, you have to take steps towards that. And I'm standing here today. Now it's 2023. Can I just tell you, that topic hasn't come up in our house in a while. It hasn't. It's weighing less. It didn't disappear. It's not like, oh, I never think about that ever again. No, no, no. It didn't get erased from our memory, but it did lose its power in our life. And the way that happened was something needed to get said that was left unsaid. So maybe that's what you need to think about. Or the second question I'd hand to you is, was someone left out of the process? Was someone left out of the process? Here's the thing. Honestly, few things weigh me down more than me being the only person who knows about the situation. If it's something I have to carry on my own, that will weigh you down day after day, night after night. And so you have to to understand, your story is worthy of being shared with your brothers and sisters. And I know that might be hard for some of you. You're like, no, I, that, I will never do that. My story's too broken. My, there's too much ugliness inside my story. So no one really needs to be a part of this at all. But here's the thing. If you see Jesus in the gospels and when he sits down with people, guess what he does? He starts drawing out their story. He asks them questions about their life and what are they going through and what are the things they're facing? Why? Because every single person's story is worthy of being known. And so you're sitting here today and you're like, no, no one, no one wants to hear this. I, can I just lovingly tell you, every person, every person, every person, every person's story is worthy of being known. And when you share your story with someone you can trust, again, this isn't just with everyone or publicly, you don't have to do any of that. Just finding one or two brothers or sisters in Christ that you trust and you bring them in, I'm telling you, that's part of the provision of how the past is going to weigh less. How you're going to get there, part of it is bringing in your brothers and sisters. And they're the ones who are going to help you know that God, hey, God's with you. And they're going to give you that encouragement that you need. I need that. And this happened to me many times where I have a brother speak into my life and they're like, hey, I know that still hurts and I've seen it and I'm with you, but God is doing this. And they're the ones who help you kind of lift up your eyes. We all need that sometimes. We all need our brothers and our sisters. And I'm telling you, I've never been able to release something that I was the only person who knew. I've never been able to do that. And so we have to ask ourselves, has someone been left out? And we we say, was something left unsaid or has someone been left out? And then where it leads to is we come into the presence of God and we pray into 
trusting God with what has happened. <laughs> and I say we pray into it because there are many times I go to pray about it and I can't pray from trusting God. I have to pray into trusting God. Okay? It's not like I start my prayer and I'm like, oh, yes, I get it. Or, yes, Lord, you're so high and exalted. I don't get there instantly all the time. There are many times I have to start my prayers with God. I have no idea what you're doing right now. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Honestly, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I'll start there and God can handle my honesty. <laughs> but here's where it goes. I then pray and I command my heart into trusting God. And I say, but I believe, Lord, that your ways are higher. They're not like mine. So there's a bunch of things you're going to be up to that I'll never understand. And so they're higher, they're different than mine, but they're not just different. God's ways are greater. I believe that. And so when I don't understand it, when I can't figure things out, when it's hard to take the next step that God has called me to take, I'm holding on to this, but your plans are better there's something awesome that you're up to, and I'm going to hold on to that. And I will pray my heart into trusting God, even if it's not natural for me to do that at first. And the hope of doing all that is that over time, we'll acknowledge what God's done in the past, but then the releasing can start to happen. That every day, more and more, it's just not weighing me down like it used to. And if you do that, then you can move on to this next truth, which is after we acknowledge and release the past, we become aware to what God is doing now, to the today. So we move out from the past. Now we become aware of what God is doing right now. Let me take you back to verse 19 there in Isaiah 43, where he says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Notice that God says two things that catch our attention. He starts the verse with the word, see. You have to see this. He's calling our attention. Look, look, I'm doing a new thing. Then he says, do you not perceive it? Are you not realizing what I'm doing? And that's bringing attention to the fact that just because something's happening, that doesn't mean you realize it's happening. Something can be happening and we just miss it, right? Um, just a couple days ago, I was, um, I was with my two-year-old, Fiona, and she is as cute as can be. And I love this phase, love the two-year-old phase. And I'm, I made her breakfast, put a, a bagel in the toaster, and then I cut it in half, put some jelly on it, handed it to her on a plate. And she goes, oh, thank you, Dada. I love jelly. <laughs> She's just, this, I mean, if, if you meet her, you'll just be like, I love you. It's instant, an instant connection with Fiona. And, um, and so I cut it in half. She eats half of it. She's just having a good morning. And then she finishes the first half and she looks right at me and she goes, oh, Dada, make me more, please. And I'm like, I already did, actually. Um, that's why I cut it in half. And so I just, all I did, all I did is I just point to the plate that's inches away from her face, okay? Inches away. And I just point, I was like, Fiona, there's, there's more bagel right on, on your plate. And she looks at and she's like, Oh, thank you, Dad. <laughs> I love bagel. Like, it's just, it's too much with her sometimes. Um, she's so singing cute, but it's like, it was right there. The thing she wanted was already there. She just wasn't picking up on it. And the same thing can happen with you and me. The new thing that God is doing could be right in front of you. And the only thing missing is that you're not seeing it. Your eyes aren't open to it. 
And so that's why we have to release the past so that we have the now, the capacity to ask God and say, God, will you open my eyes to see what you're doing right now? See, the the people of Israel, they were waiting for deliverance from God. And I think they were expecting it similarly to what he had done with Egypt. They're probably saying, hey, remember that thing where you like opened the sea and then killed all our enemies? Could you do that thing again? But instead... The new thing that God was going to do wasn't going to be to swallow up armies in the sea this time. He was going to come from heaven to earth. And that was going to be the new thing he was doing. It was Christmas. (laughs) Christmas was the new thing, that God was going to send his son to earth to deliver in a way that we had never seen yet in history and will never see again the likes Jesus Christ is the one who brought freedom, and that's the freedom we worship now in today. Him who the Son sets free is free indeed. A punctuation on like, you want to talk about real freedom? It's only found in the new thing that God was doing when he sent Jesus. And Jesus came, and he lived there in the nation of Israel, and many of the Israelites, though the new thing had arrived, they missed it. They saw him with their very own eyes, and yet they missed it. And so what God wants for us today, the example and the warning we're given is, God's doing something new, but do we perceive it? Do we see it? Are we saying, God, would you you open my eyes to see it? Because I want to see the deliverance that you're bringing. Here's something I've found as a follower of Jesus. God's deliverance shows up in many ways, and sometimes it's unexpected. Sometimes it's not at all what we were planning. I've, I've prayed for things and I'm, I'm asking God, I said, God, would you do this? I, I would love to see you deliver and show up in this, in this circumstance and I'll pray and I'll pray and I'll pray specific things like, could you, could you do this? Would you show up in this way? And I can't tell you the amount of times I'm praying that. And then one day it just kind of hits me like, wait, God already answered, but he just didn't answer the way I thought he was gonna answer. The deliverance did show up, but it showed up in a different way than what I was praying. And that is why it's true. God delivers in many, many different ways. The question is, are we even seeing it? Like, are, are our eyes open enough to see it? And that's, that's why I've had to pray this, this short prayer many times, and I'm trying to pray it more often, and I would commend it to you too. Here it is, real simple. Holy Spirit, what are you doing today? God, Holy Spirit, make me aware of what you're doing. Can, can I be in the know of the eternal perspective that you offer me? And, and just a couple weeks ago, I was with a friend and we were having a conversation. Uh, they're having a rough time. And then right in that moment, I just prayed that. I said, Holy Spirit, what are you, what are you doing right now? What could I see that I don't see naturally? And I would commend that to you. Maybe this week, one thing you could do, pray that prayer every single day. And let's just see what God opens our eyes to see. Because it could be true that the new thing's already happening. We just don't see it. And we need to see it. We need to step into that. Become aware of what God is doing now. And when you release the past and you open your eyes to the present, then you get to enter into the third truth from the passage, which is that we get to partner with God into the future. We get to partner with God into the future. You know, one of the greatest things that Christianity has to offer is um, heart change. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, 
does, can, it, I've seen it over and over again, it can change someone's heart. And I'm not just talking about like changing behavior, like just some mere behavioral modification. I'm talking about there are things in my life that I used to look at and I'd be like, I want that. I, I have to have that. And now here today, I'm like, I want none of that. I want this now. And that's called heart change. And God's the only one who can do that. See, all the other religions of the world, they'll try to change the things you do, but only God offers a change of your own heart. He's the only one who can do that. He's the only one who has the power to do that. And the way that change happens, it always involves two things. It involves your obedience and God's power. Those two things together is how you're going to experience change. You want to go into the new year and say, I want some things to change. Here it is. Bring your obedience and ask God to bring his power. That's how change happens. And here's the good news. You don't have to bring the power. Uh, even if you tried, you would fail. We would all fail. We don't have to bring the power. Any change that's happened in your life that has occurred, it's only happened because of the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You did not do it. God did it. But he's the one who invites you in to partner with him. And he says, here's what I need from you. I need you to obey. For the sake of time, I didn't read the rest of the chapter. But inside Isaiah 43, what you'll find in the rest of the verses is that Israel did not obey God. And so God ends up rebuking them. And this is one of the warnings towards us, which is God is still asking you to partner with him. He's asking you to bring your obedience and then he will be the power that brings the change. He wants that partnership with you. And this year will not be new if you don't lean in with your part. It's not just, I'm just gonna pray something on January 1st and that's it, that's all I have to do. No, 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 that's not how God works. He wants you a part of this. He's inviting you in. This is the word I believe God has for us today, that he wants to partner with us. And here's the good news. Even when we're unfaithful, God is still faithful. Okay, so don't, don't hear me incorrectly today saying, hey, the, the, the balance of 2023 is on you. No, no, no. The balance of the universe is not on us. Praise God. It's on him. <laughs> He's the one who's the Lord over it all. And so that's why we worship him and not ourselves. But time and time again in scripture, I can show you so many places where God says, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm the one who has the power. I'm the one over it all. But I want you to do this. I want your obedience. And, and there's so many stories where God's like, hey, do this. And then the miracle is going to come from the thing that you did. Who, who did the miracle? God did the miracle. But it came from someone doing something that God had asked them to do. It's inside your obedience that then the power of God flows. And so this is what we want to step into more and more this year. It's I want to partner with God into the future. And like I told you, I prayed as soon as I found out I was going to preach on January 1st. And I asked the Lord, what are, what are the ways we can obey? What are the ways that we can step into it and, and bring our part, God? And so here are the three things that were laid on my heart. Three ways to make this year new. Three things. First, Maybe this could be a year where you could pray to God honestly, like really, really honestly, <laughs> like giving God all the things that you're thinking, all the things that you're feeling and, and acknowledging before him saying, God, this is going on and I, this is not great. This is not good. This is not going well for me. You know, in the Psalms, there are, there are many Psalms, they're called the Psalms of Lament. And what you'll find in there is that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we have songs that were written by people. And what they're doing is they're saying, God, this isn't great. 
I need you to do something here. I would actually like for you to go destroy those people or that enemy. There's all that inside the scripture, all to bring the point to you that God can handle your honesty. He really can. There's nothing you could bring to him that would ever surprise him. If you were just brutally honest with God in prayer, he wouldn't be surprised. And if you brought that to him, you will be amazed to see the things that God does. Where we don't come to him and pray and we put all these layers or these formalities in between us and him, we come to him and, and we say, God, here's, here's, here's how I'm feeling. Here's exactly what I'm seeing because he can handle it. And I just thought maybe, maybe some of us this year, we need to move into that vulnerable space with God, knowing that he will meet you there with his nearness. <laughs> he won't run away. He won't leave you hanging. He'll get closer and you'll sense that he's getting closer. And if the whole idea of prayer is just so new for you and you're like, How, what could I do this year? Well, we have prayer meetings every single week here. Maybe this is the year you say, I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna go to those one, you know, one hour a week. I'm gonna pick one, I'm gonna go and I'm going to enter into the partnership with God into the future. We could pray to God honestly. Second thing that was laid on my heart is maybe this is the year you can commit to your church community. Commit to your church community. You know, as I look back at the years that I've gotten to live and I see the highs, I see the lows, I see the good, I see the heart. And I've been marked by all those things like you have, but even more, I've been marked by the people who were standing next to me when I went through that. Those are the memories that are swirling around in my mind is I remember being with my brother or my sister. And earlier I was talking about finding a brother or sister to share your story with. And maybe for some of you, that's like, man, I don't even know where I would start that process. That, that sounds so foreign to me that I would find someone who would want to hear my story and that I could hear their story and that we could walk through life together. That might be foreign to you. And if that's you, this is my encouragement. This could be the year where you really step into the community that you have here. And you could move from being someone who comes here to someone who belongs here. That you know that this is your church. These are your people. You belong here and you need us, but we need you. If you're not plugged in your church, we're missing out. We need you. We want you. And I'm telling you, I've only been here a couple years and I have found that this church is incredibly welcoming. If you'll just take that step towards them, take the risk. I know it's a risk. It's not in my personality to just be like, oh, I'm just gonna go meet people. I'm gonna try to build community. That's not inside my personality by, just, just by default. But if you take that risk, you will be amazed to find out what you'll find. <laughs> you will see that your church will embrace you. And so some of you here today, you need to take that next step and, and start committing to your church and finding the community that you need to find. Right after the service, you could get up, you could go to Connect Central. You could say, hey, I want to join a, a men's group or I want to join a women's group. Or um, you could ask about care groups and all the different life circumstances that those address. And maybe one of those groups is, is the group that you need to be in. Or, or, or maybe you've never been to a section community party, right? And, and this is where we have time to spend together after a service based off the section that you're sitting in right now. And you're like, no, I've never been to those. Maybe this is a year where you say, I'm going to commit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that one. And I'm not just going to go to my section. I'm going to go to all of them because there's free food. And, 
and it's a budgetary choice for the year, right? Like you can, you can kill two birds with one stone and fine and take that risk and go to the section community parties, even if you've never gone before, all for what? All to build a community that you need, that I need. Man, I'm not going into this year alone. That's, that scares the living daylights out of me. Yes, I have the presence of God, but I also have the presence of God's people. I have to have those things. And so maybe that's a challenge for you. You need to, you need to commit um, to building your church community. Finally, this, maybe you need to give a fresh start to your relationships. <clears throat> Every time I get to the new year, I, I, feel, I find myself reflecting on the relationships that I have. And it could be with your parents, with your siblings, your friends, your spouse, your children, all the different relationships we have. And, and we know the tension that might exist there. There's something that's strained. And, and it might be a prayer request that we brought to God and we brought it over and over again. And then we found ourselves not really praying about it anymore because we're more in the space of giving up at this point. Maybe what God wants to speak to you today is he's doing something new. And let's pray towards that end. Say, God, would you, would you bring healing and restoration in a re relationship that I've, I've given up on? And what can I do to bring healing and reconciliation and hope? See, when, when we were the ones who offended God, God humbled himself, he took the form of a servant, and then he laid down his life for us. So in the same way, I'm not telling you you get to just go scold someone today, I'm saying, hey, what could you do to lay down your life for someone else? How could you be a part of the healing that God wants to bring in your relationships this year? And those are the three things I felt the Lord say, just call my people to it, and now I hand that to you, and ask you to step into it. Step into what God is doing new this year. And let's stand all together. And I want to pray for you. I don't just want to preach God's word to you. I want to pray for you. And uh, the, the last thing I want anyone to leave the service feeling is that there's a high calling for the new year. And then you feel like you have to do it alone. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying we are in this together. Maybe just look to your left and right and, and say that to the person next to you. Say, we're in this together. Come on. We are, we're in this together. Whatever's coming up, I don't know, I can't predict the future. But I can tell you this, God's doing something new. Do you see it? Do you perceive it? Let me pray for you. Father, we are your people. Once we were not a people, and then because of the work of your son, we're now a people, we're now a family. And so Lord, I pray for those right now that are thinking about their past. They're thinking about 2022 and the year that that was. Lord, we acknowledge your faithfulness through it. We're still standing today and that's because of you. It's because of what you did. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who need to release something right now. They need to release something so that it doesn't weigh them down. Lord, we don't want it to be that the only thing in the way of 2023 is 2022. So we let that go right now and say, God, only with the strength you provide would you let this weigh less and less on my brothers and sisters. And God, open our eyes to see what you're doing. Where's the deliverance? Where's the breakthrough? Maybe it's already springing forth, but we just don't see it. God, open our eyes to see it. We wanna see you more and more, doing more and more new things in our life. And God, we say yes to partnering with you. We say yes. Holy Spirit, whatever you've brought up in our hearts, we bring our yes.
yes, Lord. And thank you that the power is not in us, the power comes from you. You're the one who brings the change, you're the one who brings the breakthrough. And so God, we lift up our voices when we praise your name because anything that happens this year is only gonna happen because you did it. And you're the one who has the power. And so God, we say in faith, would you do it? God, would this year be like a year like we've never seen before? That we would see more breakthrough, more healing, more growth, more generosity, more change in our relationships. God, we know you can do it and we're asking you to do it. Would you come and deliver us? You are our God, you're the Lord God Almighty. We know you can do it. And so God, we ask in faith and we believe you are doing something new, God. Bring us into it, we're ready for it. And we thank you that that's who you are. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen. Come on, let's give praise to the Lord. Yes, Lord.